0: Roaming his way right now through every home improvement store in the area is John Crispin. John, welcome.
1: Yes, that is that is very true. I am uh, I am doing my damage here at Lowe's. Uh, truthfully, I'm picking up a ceiling fan for my brother, who is in Mechanicsburg, PA. So that that's one thing. But then inevitably, I'm going to walk out of here with more trash cans than I ha- they have room for. Uh, <laughs> probably some some patio stuff, like the little patio for our two year old. Like it's 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 just dangerous in here.
0: Yeah. Oh, believe me, I know. <laughs> I know. Yep, you know it. Yep. All right. So college basketball finishes up. The TV ratings were higher than last year. You know because you went to so many different venues this year. What was yeah. it like being back with fans sitting there?
1: Yeah, well, I mean, first off, it was refreshing you know, I think I think that was number one. It was refreshing to see that people wanted to come back. I mean, like without making a statement, you know, everything, when you talk about COVID, it's like all of a sudden it's become a political statement. And I'm just like, no, 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 Like I don't function in that world. But I think the goal was to get to the point where we could live with this. I think that was always the goal. Like, can we live with this? Can mm-hmm. we function in a world of COVID yeah. as a reality? Because we weren't going to eradicate it. You know, like early on, we didn't know. So it's just like, let's just knock this out. It's like... Yeah, ultimately, we need to learn how to live with it. And I think we did that this year. Now, I don't want to, you know, cheer too soon uh, because we just, we never know what's around the corner. But I think all in all, there's a lot of people. And and I say this all the time, and I think it falls on deaf ears for the most part. But there's a lot of people that help make this stuff happen. And they're the people that you don't even know exist. And those people will once again, you know, be the unsung heroes. You know, there are people that made this work from an operational standpoint through yeah. the testing, you remember know, all the protocols. Well, like, kids got frustrated having to test every day. So did coaches. But the reality was there was a staff member that had to set that up. Yep. And without that staff member, these things didn't get done. So when I look back on the season, when I look back on last season and think about where we're at right now, I'm grateful for those people. I really am. And part of my job is to get to know those people. Yes, so I can't say enough about the people behind the scenes that will never get credit for a win, they'll never get credit for any of the stuff that they do, but the reality is we don't have college basketball not for them.
0: No question. Completely agree with that. And I'm around those same people like you are all the time, and yep. they, they are the unsung heroes. It, there are approximately, and this is not a recent trend, college basketball for years has been like that, but the numbers have never been this high, 1,200 at least in the transfer portal yeah. right now. Full disclosure, I think everyone knows John transferred. But John had to yep. sit out a year. You had to sit yep. out a year along the way. What is, this, what is the transfer portal doing pro and con in college basketball uh, in your mind? I,
1: I think, honestly, the pro is a superficial pro. And you're going to have to follow with me on that. The superficial pro No, I is, think I know
0: where you're going. Go ahead. Yeah,
1: you know where I'm going. It's, it's we have to give kids the rights that they're entitled to. And I say that with all the sarcasm in the world. Um, you know, kids are entitled to make decisions. Uh, you know, Coaches can leave and all this other stuff. I, I get it. But it's different. Coaches have earned it. Coaches are adults. Culture, coaches have persevered. Coaches have struggled. Coaches haven't made $2 million a year since they started coaching. Uh, they didn't get into the business to be a millionaire. They got into the business to do something they enjoyed. And they've had to persevere and do things that, you know, players will never comprehend until you get into that position. Right. So it's, I think my, my pro is the fact that it feels as if kids have more rights, when in reality, do they really need more rights? I mean, that's, that's been my question all along is saying, do kids really need more rights or do they need more guidance? Do they need more boundaries? Like, I, I'm, I'm almost like, and people say I'm old school, and I'm saying it's, it's not that kids shouldn't have rights. It's, there should be boundaries so we can function in a sustainable way. And my concern is this is not sustainable. It's not sustainable for programs, and it's not sustainable for the kids themselves. So we're doing something that is a give to the kids. Hey, look, you can do this. You're empowered to do what you want. But in the end, who are we really helping? I don't know if we're helping anybody. I mean, year to year, some team may look better. Like, Kentucky may look better because they got Oscar Sheway and Kellen Grady. Yep. But are we really making programs any better? Are we, are we helping the connection between fans and the student-athlete population? And the answer is no. So the superficial is the pro, right? Like, look, we gave you something. Uh, and oh, by the way, you've got name, image, and likeness. And beyond name, image, image, and likeness, we have this criminal thing that is called a collective. And I don't care. I'm going to continue to speak out against these collectives. It's criminal. Like, we are luring kids in. And I use that in a creepy way because I want you to know how creepy it is. You're luring kids in with money. That is unacceptable. It's embarrassing. It's embarrassing that that's already become a reality with name, image, and likeness. Uh, I would say the cons are obvious. Uh, consistency, sustainability, uh, development, uh, perseverance. Uh, I mean, how long can I go on yeah. in terms of what you learn uh, without knowing that you're learning it? And I think we are really abandoning principles. You know, no, no longer do we hear about education. That's not <laughs> Right. Education, the value of a scholarship, that, that's out the window. We don't even value that anymore. So I, I just think we're in, a, we're in a very political climate where everything is argued. Everything is black and white, when, when in reality, I think things are more gray. Look, the game is played in the gray. The game is won in the gray. It's all about adjustments. It's all about adaptability. How you adapt, how you adjust within boundaries is what makes you successful. But we want to eliminate boundaries under the guise of empowerment. And empowerment really looks more like entitlement to me. And I, I just, I, I worry about where we're going. I do believe, um, I've said this, I said it about four or five years ago, because the narrative of college basketball was growing in terms of the evil empire that is the NCAA, the evil conferences that are controlling kids' lives and their money and their name, image, all these things, right? I said, what's going to happen is all the movement you see will be a, a social and more liberal approach. To college athletics, and again, take the politic part out of it. Right. It's, not a, it's not a political statement, but it is a much more liberal approach to the game, to the sport. And eventually, under the, under the, uh, the flag of, of, of um, equality and inclusion, we're actually going to we're going to do away with a lot of sports, because under the guise of yeah. equality and inclusion, you end up turning it into a full business. Where everyone's entitled to their piece. Well, when it becomes a full business, what do you lose? Every other sport on campus that doesn't make money. And I've talked, and to, I, I've
0: talked about that many times. That that is, and yep. might be an unintended consequence of what's going on here.
1: Yeah, i I think it. I think it is. And the thing is, the fact that we have such such weak leadership, and and that's typical across the board. I think these days, where everyone's so scared of social media, they're scared to be on the wrong side of narratives and rhetoric. When in real reality, that's not real, you know. Like that, that stuff isn't real. They say what thirty percent of the population has a Twitter, and 10, of that thirty percent, ten percent, ten percent use it. it.
0: Yes, so exactly.
1: what are we talking about? I know. I mean, I've said that how a many million of those people times. People are, are yeah. running their mouths, you know. So, so who are we listening to? I mean, Steve, I got to tell you, my own network, my own network does it, where we just we cave to the angry mob, and the reality is, it's like, yeah, you know, we're alienating ourselves, or we're alienating a portion of our fan base that doesn't want this stuff. So I, I just think we have to make better decisions, stronger decisions, and sometimes telling your kid no is the best thing you can do.
0: Yeah, that's why I always love when I see you got 20,000 likes. There are 8 billion people in the world.
1: Yeah. Okay? Yeah.
0: <laughs> 20,000 yeah. like, Good for you. I'm happy yeah. for you. Uh, the other part, too, is is it, it's, it's changed how a coach concentrates on what's going on with oh their program. Oh, my gosh. Yes. When you are sitting there and... Uh, you're trying to, quote, build a culture. And you and I know, like, it, it's the word that's thrown a lot, around a lot, but, like, you know it when you see it, because you've been around yeah. at John Solvay. You know it when you see it. Yep, They're spending so much time trying to re-recruit their own players all the time. Yeah. I mean, come yeah. on. It's bad.
1: it's bad. Now, re-recruit your own players, but part of coaching is to, to give them the tough love that they need. Yes. It's not what they want, but it's what they need. And if you can't do that because you're afraid someone's going to be unhappy and leave, and that's going to be the motivation for your behavior as a coach, we're in a bad spot. Kids are in a bad spot. And, and oh, by the way, how, how I mean the percentage of kids that don't find a home—thirty percent. Yeah, thirty percent of the kids in the transfer portal won't find a home exactly. And we don't talk about that. We just talk yeah. about what this means in terms of players' rights and their ability to make money off their name, image, and likeness, and we're celebrating. Like we are, we are honestly like a like a bunch of idiots celebrating what these kids are getting, and I'm like, hold on a second, that that money. So so Arkansas got three McDonald's All-Americans. What's in Arkansas? Oh, that's right, Walmart. Walmart. It's all Walmart money. What what's in Memphis that's bringing these FedEx. kids in? It's FedEx. Yep. So so we're at a point where we're we're praising that these kids are able to profit off the name, image, and likeness and their value. That. It's fictitious value, man. It's not their real value. But see, their t- real value would only be present in a free market, and the market isn't free. The market is, is is fake because you've got adults putting these collectives together to again lure kids in, and it is wrong. It's not what was intended with name, image, and likeness. And the fact that the NCA didn't carve this out is just another sign of, of just weak leadership. It,
0: exactly. Then they should have. And what what has always interested me about this, and look, you. Uh, if you're in a school, you've got to do whatever you can right now. It's within the rules, so you've got to do what you can because yeah. you've got to be, remain competitive. So you know, if you've got collectives and things like that, it's because you're allowed to do it, and you've got to do it at this point. doesn't mean idealistically you've got to love it, but you have hey, to. And it, But, but the, do you?
1: But, uh, hey, hey, do you? Do you really? Because you uh, know what I would like? I would really like those kids that couldn't find a home in the transfer portal. I would take those kids. who who look at this as the greatest opportunity to prove themselves, I would rather have those kids who have been humbled by a process, uh, who who have all the motivation in the world to prove what they can do at this level. I would rather have those kids and the kids that are entitled to the money that some adults who think that somehow this is a good thing, uh, which shows how shallow their thinking is, I would rather have those kids than the ones that need money to show up.
0: But see, and if you this, can
1: earn it once you get there. Earn it. Go this, ahead. This whole you. thing
0: has been about the star system from day one. It goes yeah. all the way back to that comment about how much is Johnny Manziel worth to Texas A yep. and I'll never forget. Yep. Well, guess what? Johnny Manziel can't complete a single pass unless he's got five guys yeah. blocking, and Mike Evans is catching the ball. I mean, because yep. it's a team game, and there's a lot of people that aren't the stars that are a big reason why you win, and 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 everything's always been like. What can Spencer Rattler get? What can Oscar Sheboy get? What? Can, yeah. What about the other guys? Well, yeah. guess what? You're not winning without the other guys.
1: Yeah, it's, we're we're trying again. We're trying to create a world of professional sports and amateur athletics, and it, and the, the two can't coexist. Because look, it's like anything. Once you start putting money on the line, it's never enough. Yeah. It's never enough, and and that's human, man. Like this is what frustrates me. Is like the. These aren't, like, college basketball or football issues. This isn't about sports. This is about the human desire to get more. Yeah. That's it. And and I think we're also going to take the edge off a lot of these guys. You know, I know a lot of guys who, who, I mean, straight up said, look, when I was coming up, basketball was my way out. Yes. Like, straight up, it was my way out. And he goes, I wasn't even in a bad situation. I came from of a two-parent home. We we had what we needed. Yeah, But for me to have a life that I otherwise never could have, that that's what motivated me you know that hunger you know not the starvation but the hunger i think yeah. the starvation point we should address obviously yeah. there are kids that are sure in really tough situations no and doubt. that has been addressed over the years yep with the with the increased cost of, uh, of attendance all these other things like yep. th- there, there's all sorts of ways to help that but to do this and to open the door for this to be uh, and i just refer, refer to it as full-on anarchy we, we want to live in a, in a world of full-on anarchy where we make our decisions for ourselves and you know, freedom of speech and all these other things. I'm like, how about freedom of consequence? Mm. Because that's there whether you want to write that into law or not. There is a freedom of consequence whether you want to accept it or not, and the consequences uh, may be more costly than what you can get right now.
0: Make good decisions. Yeah. At-, at Lowe's. Okay. Because you- yeah.
1: <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah, that's not going to happen. <laughs>
0: My friend, always a pleasure. We will talk again soon, because even though you say your relevancy is only during the season, not here.
1: Good. I I appreciate that. Well, you, you know where to find me.
0: Yep, sure do, John. Thanks, my friend.
1: Thanks, Steve. We'll talk soon, man.